0: Hi, my name is Hunter Toro, and the last thing I prayed for was to believe in God, and it did not work. <laughs>
1: Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> Genuinely don't know. Well, actually, I do know. Did you see that thing on Instagram? The blues Clues thing? Yeah. Yes. I've been thinking thinking about it nonstop. (laughs) Steve is an icon. He really just punched me in the gut with that video.
2: It took everything I had to not do a deep dive on him this morning because I I saw that first thing in the morning when I woke up and I was like, I do not have 30 minutes to devote to finding out what Steve has been up to for the last 20 years. is in a band, right? Or he wasn't a band. I have no idea. I still haven't devoted that time and energy.
1: I was hoping you had. But... I will say there is a common misconception about Steve leaving Blues Clues because of like a drug problem. That is not the case. He just didn't want to do children's television anymore. Justice for Steve. So Justice for Steve. Did he create the program or was no, he just. No, he like... was just casting. He was just. Oh, cast.
2: okay. Gotcha. I respect that.
1: I did that. watch a documentary called The Orange Years. About the early Nickelodeon years. Yeah. And it was great. And I highly recommend it. And I don't know where you could watch it because I watched it on an airplane. JetBlue. JetBlue. We this love JetBlue. This podcast is
2: sponsored by JetBlue. JetBlue, thank you so much for the free flights. We really appreciate it. You didn't have to do that, but like, I guess we'll take you up on the offer. And anyway. that is called manifesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our live laugh behind. This is such a special week. It's the High Holy Days. High holy days. Do we get two live Laffleheims for the high holy days? We
2: do. We do. Okay. let's Go the Torah ahead. Commands. Go ahead. My first live Laffleheim is sweatpants. Like being able to work in a fresh pair of sweats. This morning I woke up and it was really foggy outside and cool and cozy, and I thought I'm going to take off the sweatpants that I slept in and put on a fresh pair for yes. working. Yes, girl. And it feels so damn good. And to be able to do that and to be able to work and do my job is a blessing.
1: So my first, I'm going to run through them quickly because I truly okay. can't decide. My first live, laugh, and time is the concert I went to on Friday. I saw three of my all-time favorite bands, Weezer, Fall Out Boy, and Green Day. My voice <laughs> is still not fully recovered. And what year were you born? 1992, bitch. Yeah. And you <laughs> yes, I was, and it was amazing. And I screamed. I cheered. I sang. I lived. I laughed. I lechaimed. I loved. I drank Bud Light seltzer, and I ate a Dodger oh, dog. Oh, are you okay? I mean, I wasn't. Now I'm fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> acid <laughs> reflux. What's good? Do you have acid reflux? Oh yeah, I big figured. time omeprazole on deck baby
2: <laughs> i miss concerts so much i saw that you were there on social media and i was happy for you but i was jealous
1: it was my first one back from obviously the pandemic and it was everything i had hoped and more and really quickly my second because it wouldn't be a high holly high holiday. day mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a high holy day <laughs> without the mention of my mom's apple cake yes She sent me an apple cake and it was supposed to get here on Saturday, but because of the hurricanes in New York and UPS being a fucking horrible service, it didn't get here until yesterday. It made it. It's here. It's delicious. I could bring you a piece if you'd like one. I would love.
2: I actually made Jay Cohen's apple cake, so I would love to do a little taste test.
1: Pray for us alone. They're different. They are okay.
2: different. My second with laugh is just being Jewish. Like lately. Aww. Isn't that cute? Lately, I've just been so grateful to have these like traditions and this community to like sort of guide me through like a really difficult personal time, like with my dad's health and everything. And also just like through the pandemic, like going to dinner at my friend's house at Rosh Hashanah last night and just like going through the motions was like so comforting and familiar. And I really needed that. And I'm glad that, like, I am part of something bigger than myself. Like, it makes life sweeter and a
1: little easier. Isn't that that so profound? I'll drink to that.
2: Cheers. (laughs) I have to say, I'm extremely proud of this episode.
1: This episode is top notch
2: grammy emmy whatever the audio
1: wedding award worthy definitely singing. Did you got their singing
2: <laughs> i did keep the singing
1: <laughs> yeah truly everything you want from a podcast this episode has it
2: sorry to the daily and serial step aside there's a new
1: podcast in town that's been Sorry here to for Joe quite Rogan. <laughs> Get COVID and die. No, I'm kidding. He already got COVID and he survived. Um, <laughs> th- yeah. So, anyway, you are <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: are trying to figure out how to pivot from that. Hunter has a really interesting background. She's been on a spiritual journey and she was basically a born again Christian, like of her own volition. She left the community. She was engaged. There's a whole lot there. And honestly, I feel like the one through line throughout the whole interview, I realized was like people's desire to be a part of a community. Like I just said, and to fit in will Trump basically anything will Trump logic will Trump finances will Trump your priorities. Like that is really what I think this sick extremism is all about. Couldn't have said it better myself. And I didn't. So no, you did not
1: <laughs> guys saddle up. Here's a great, freaking chat with hunter toro there's a podcast we'd love to tell you guys about the forward one of the most
2: influential american jewish publications just launched a podcast and we can't wait for you to hear a bintel brief their historic advice column has been updated for the 21st century in podcast
1: form we love a podcast yes we do yes we do hosts gina green and lynn harris who are two very different moms who join forces to tackle modern life dilemmas about everything from being social after 16 months in quarantine to worrying about a family member who has been politically radicalized. I personally loved the first episode, Mr. Not Dad, where Gina and Lynn respond to a single man in his 50s grieving his lack of partner and children. The show brings together archival material and guest experts such
2: as community leaders and social workers. We love both of those things. Find it wherever you listen to your
1: podcasts. Hi there, we're JC and this is Jessica, but this is Pray For Us. You guys know it's a podcast about practicing ancient religions in the modern day. We're talking about how we observe Judaism and other religions when it comes to holidays, relationships, food, and everything in between. Today, we're talking to Hunter Toro. Hunter is a TV writer and improv comedian, and guess what? She's from the lower back tattoo of the United States, y'all. You guessed it, Florida. Welcome to the podcast, Hunter. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Um,
2: I just realized I wasn't recording, sorry.
1: (laughs) I remember, I have like family friends that live in... Florida, and I remember, oh yeah, like, they were always, we got the melting pot later and left, but they were always talking about how cool the melting pot was. Please.
2: Absolutely not. Do you know what
0: I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how many Valentine's Day high school boyfriend scenarios ended in the, the melting pot for a big celebration. Why is
2: fondue a romantic food? Like, it's melted. Let me tell you,
1: nothing about it is hot. Yeah. <laughs> no. Except for the cheese. Also, like, the middle yeah. course, which is just, like,
0: broth and
1: <laughs> uncooked meats it's like
0: no one goes yeah, for that nothing is sexy about like uncooked meat on a stick in a vat of something warm
2: <laughs> that everyone's dipping into yeah it's like a little pot of germs melting pot of Disease. certainly not Disease. covid friendly no. No. So, where are you right now? Where do you
0: live? Assuming you moved, I moved. <laughs> I am now in Los Angeles as of three days ago. Welcome. Welcome back. I'm fresh to the city. Does it feel like home? Does it feel good? It feels really good. And I have. Um, I'm staying at a friend's place right now until I find my apartment. And she has the like Hollywood sign out of her window, and it makes me hella emotional. <laughs> I'm just like. So this you're is either it.
1: currently staying somewhere really nice or somewhere really not nice, and I'm not. <laughs> it looks
0: nice from the background her apartment is very nice i i haven't really been out in the neighborhood so we're gonna we're gonna just say nice we'll say for sure
2: (laughs) avoid hollywood boulevard though because that's gonna dash your dreams it's a sad
0: place is that where um walk of fame is i feel like i should know yeah so i
1: don't i mean like definitely
0: don't go there unless you want to (laughs) like throw rocks at people because they deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you move from? I was in Florida for most of the pandemic with my grandparents. Warrior, brave, wow. Yes, yeah, so brave. Um, early retirement life really did suit me though. So <laughs> I miss my grandma a lot. Aww. What was your day-to-day living with your grandparents? i tell you, it was thrilling. Lights off by 11 p.m. because our my grandparents, the guest room staying at, at their house was like across the hall from their room and they slept with their door open. So if I had even a sliver of light on under my door. I was so worried it would wake them up. So I went to bed every night by 11, woke up every morning by like seven because my grandma would be like up and about. I would eat dinner at like 5 p.m. We would watch the Ellen show oh, without R. R. My grandma does not know she was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't so, tell her. <laughs> and we will not tell her. So I, I did a lot of like watching that with her. And then I'd go for my walk. I, would, I had this like one visor that was like very Florida mom. Um, and I'm particularly attached to it. And then that was my. I would take meetings. And attempt to <laughs> attempt to get writing jobs. Honestly, like, yeah. sounds
2: amazing. Yes, it does. I feel like you hear a lot about Florida man, but you don't hear a lot about Florida mom. And you don't. She's the unsung hero of the panhandle.
0: Is it the panhandle? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't from the panhandle, but there is a panhandle okay. in Florida. It just felt it's right like, to say The little crook at the top. It does feel right to say that. In the neighborhood I grew up in, my neighborhood used to be an alligator farm before (gasps) it became like a neighborhood, a golf neighborhood specifically, which I think is hilarious that someone was like, this is the perfect land for this experiment. But there was a woman on my street who was in the news, Florida woman, getting her due because (laughs) she was caught on the neighbor's security camera at night. Every single night she would go feed um, Publix chicken tenders and raw chicken breasts to the alligators in the neighborhood. Oh, um, and they would like come out to greet oh, her. And then it, she started feeding the vultures too, which would destroy like the neighbor's um, porch and pool. So it was a whole thing. She got charged for like $50,000, like had to go to court. Her husband and son had to go with her. It was like, so Florida woman is. Um, She's, she's she's taking it. She's holding it down. Sum. She's real. <laughs> she is. I mean, I
1: get it. Publix chicken tendies like go hard. You yeah, Publix is yeah. where it's at. Truly, nothing is better than a Publix sub. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in probably, I mean, since 2009, maybe to a Publix. But it's stuck with you for that long. Oh yeah, and they That's had, what these,
0: matters. had these cookies. Oh yeah, the ones with the sprinkles. Yeah. The rainbow uh, yes. ones. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Wait, I think you can Undeanable. get those at other grocery stores no, too. No, they're not. You the can't. Same. Okay, I I'm sure you image. can. But... Do you know
0: what's humiliating about being from Florida? It's like a lot. I I hate that state. Yeah, everything. I hate it, right? But I also have this weird pride. Like when you remembered the cookies, JC, I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, okay. that's a Florida <laughs> thing. <laughs> I didn't make that. Why do I feel any sense of like personal pride in that? I mean, it's kind of a
1: shame because weather wise, I would. It's great. Yeah. You know what? Hot take, weather's better in Florida than it is in LA. Like, you don't get no humidity.
0: No. 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 I like humidity. (laughs) (gasps) No. Well, you have straight hair, so. Oh, that's I don't, why. Yeah. Oh my god, you always say I have okay, straight hair. Okay, wait hair. Your hair is
2: Thank not you. crazy. Okay,
0: so only girls who have straight hair say, like, it's not straight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I. But the thing is, the sky is clear unless it's a hurricane. Like, here we have June gloom. like, it's overcast from, like, yeah. May to whatever. It's always overcast. Right,
0: but also... The entire state of Florida is constantly trying to kill you, like, at all times. Mm -hmm. Truly, like, whether it's Florida Man or the weather or the bugs. Like, I was wearing leggings outside on the porch that was screened in when I was home with my grandparents. We were having dinner outside. Classic
2: screened in porch.
0: Classic screened in porch. And a mosquito bit my ass through the leggings. (laughs) Like, that's how... The level of depravity that you find in Florida—that's
2: true. I've never had a bug bite in Los Angeles. Well, mosquitoes are new here.
0: They're here now. They
2: came. Yeah, apparently they weren't here like five or ten they years ago. And now the now they came with all the New Yorkers. Are. They just showed up <laughs> in people's JetBlue luggage. I know JetBlue is <laughs> not a brand. I'll cut that. Never what mind.
1: What do you mean? Yeah, it is. Oh. I mean, well, it's not a luggage
2: brand.
1: I—I <laughs> I got the gist. You didn't have to correct it. Anyway, thank you. Um,
0: moving on. Do you identify with any religion right now? No, I would say I am a diet atheist. I um, like that. diet in the sense of like, I'm not so confident where I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not like a Reddit atheist where it's like, there is no God and let <laughs> me prove to you why mm-hmm. and watch Rick and Morty kind of thing. It's more <laughs> like, like, yeah, I'm not seeing many signs that point to there being a God. But like, you know, if something super crazy happens, I guess I would think twice, but I'm leaning towards no. So is that agnostic or is that diet Agnostic to me is more open Mm. than I feel. Like I would say that I'm, I'm like one of those annoying pistachios where it's like, is it prying you open? (laughs) Probably not, but I could be pried open. I Agnostic is like, you know, like you, it's like pretty open to whatever. That's, yeah, I,
1: I appreciate that interpretation. And it's funny that you say that because I was just talking to my boyfriend about our podcast. Pistachios. So, <laughs> pistachios. Uh, pistachios are are one hundred percent. I actually was just
2: talking to my boyfriend about pistachios. The chili really? roasted one. Yeah. The chili roasted. Our favorite one's a Next
1: level. I put them in every salad, just like four. Five of them. Anyway.
0: You only put four in a whole salad. <laughs> it's like a nice little surprise when you get one. Um, it's like when am I gonna get one?
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay, so. you're talking to your
0: boyfriend about your about the
1: podcast. <laughs> Sorry, and. I was telling him because like initially it started as i was talking about judaism and then we expanded it because you know so many other religions are so much more fascinating mm-hmm. quite frankly and i told him i was like oh yeah we expanded it so now we're talking to all walks of life and he was like well i bet you haven't talked to an atheist and i was like okay like i, I love I that it's a competition <laughs> i know i was yeah. like okay <laughs> like, do you want to be on it like is that what you're asking me um and so, proving him wrong
0: right now. Yeah. I feel like I feel like if I had to pick a camp, we were in a room, and they were like, okay, go to your section, I would probably hang out with them, but I would not enjoy hanging out with atheists, because atheists are really annoying. They're yeah. as bad as evangelical Christians, <laughs> and just the other group I fled. It yeah. reminds
1: me of that Dane Cook bit, sorry, throwback Thursday. Oh, God. But from his 2008 <laughs> special, Vicious Circle, where... Someone says "bless you," and then the guy turns to him and he's like, "I'm an atheist." And that's a very (laughs) (laughs) Dame Cook joke. Yeah, well,
0: yeah. yeah. I do feel like that's real. Like the serious atheists I know are like as opinionated and as in-your-face as an evangelical Christian on the side of the street with like a sign is. Sometimes I was gonna say
2: the ironic thing about your comparison to being a pistachio that you're not sure if you want to open is. The way that you open those pistachios is with another pistachio shell. And I feel like the only person wow. who's going to engage with or, like, argue or change the mind of an atheist is another atheist. Yes. That's extremely meta, but this is a podcast about religion, so.
1: I will say I've never it. opened a pistachio with another pistachio. I haven't
0: either. Now I'm like, I need to rethink my whole strategy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, but the ones that won't works. open you don't want to open them because they're like shriveled and isn't suspicious that a,
0: isn't that a rule about like mussels like <laughs> yeah. seafood yeah I think you're just true. applying it to nuts as i well. don't think it
1: applies to pistachios
0: no the pistachios don't go bad do they <laughs> i don't know. Maybe i'm think so.
1: thinking of muscle. i do love a muscle
0: i feel like that's the rule i've heard about specifically <laughs> seafood with a shell it's like if it doesn't open don't fry it and all this time I've just been throwing
1: away pistachios that I can't, what a waste.
0: <laughs> That's why you have four in your fucking salad, because you throw <laughs> the rest
2: out. How long have you been an atheist for, and what made you decide to become, or excuse me, diet atheist?
0: Yeah, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, it's it, it was like a slowish process, and then once, I always think of the, it's so cheesy, but the John Green quote from um, Fault in Our Stars, where it's like, falling in love, is like falling asleep, like it's... Slow and then it happens all at once. That is exactly how it feels to become an atheist. <laughs> like, I just love that like... you were able to just pull a quote
1: out of your ass. Too. <laughs> Let me
0: tell you, I was a sappy teen girl who loved a YA novel So, probably four years ago, I would say probably five years ago, I started my like descent into heathendom, as probably my ex-Christian friends would think. Currently, Christian um, was, ex-friends, like, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, some of them have deconverted too, but the deconversion process was like slow, where it was like, huh, I don't actually agree with these things. And like, now I'm not going to go to church on these days. And now I'm not going to sing for the church. And I actually don't think you need to wait till marriage to have sex. Like it was like a slow undoing where I was like, but Jesus is still cool. And then eventually I got to the point where I was like, yeah, I'm good without all of this. Like, I don't need any of it mm. anymore. And that probably happened three years ago around the time that my engagement ended from that same uh, Christianity thing. We got engaged dun, dun, way too dun. young because I'm telling you, if anyone gets engaged before the age of 25, it just means they're extremely horny and in a religious group. <laughs> that is my theory. <laughs> How old are you no, now? that's true. I am 27. Okay.
1: You are young. Remember... I can't even when I was like, you're
0: probably young and you were like, no, I'm not. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, she's I was also living in Florida, feeling so old, like my body was decaying. in the <laughs> state. So that also had to do with it. But yeah, I got we got engaged at probably 22. Like I just graduated college and it's a whole thing. We have to back up. Yeah, 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 we have a lot of. Friday, yeah. Friday, we have to really back just up.
1: really <laughs> back in. So what, yeah. at what age did you. Join the church, or did you start entering this community?
0: Yeah. um, Well, growing up was not religious at all because my dad is from Puerto Rico and like was raised super Catholic. I had nuns at school hitting his wrists and stuff like that as punishment. So he like hated the church. So that was never a part of my childhood. Um, but my mom was always like a really big seeker like I remember her taking us to, like crystal shops even though when we were in Florida I don't know how the fuck she found a crystal shop in the <laughs> like in the suburbs, but she did and like we had dream diaries and dream journals and she took us like alternative medicine like my parents divorced they were like, yeah, we're not gonna discuss this with you so that you can talk about it. We're gonna send you to this like weird electromagnetic energy work massage therapy like i just remember actually being locked in a nice. room. <laughs> it was really soothing I, I won't lie but it didn't like heal me right <laughs> um, but you lay on a massage table and it was like a dark room and there would be a woman above you with her hands like you know a few inches above you being like and there's some tension here what is that tension and you'd be like i, I had probably too many cheez-its i don't really is that like reiki no. healing I, I think i really wish that i remembered Anything except for in the waiting room, there was a really creepy black and white giant canvas of two. um Is it Siamese twins when they're joined? Yeah, joined. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. we say Siamese. Siamese twins? <laughs> what is a Siamese twin? No, that is what it used <laughs> that, to be that called. Used to be called that. <laughs> yeah, and then like, it was deemed why? like
1: politically incorrect. And then oh my god, I'm glad like, we have you know, saying that recorded. Also, it. like, what is Siamese? <laughs> Like what? from I don't know what don't it know. means. From I just see him from what's Siam.
0: Isn't that a cat? Um, it's a Ciamese yeah, it's a cat. cat it's is a Siamese cat. Yeah. Were they born conjoined? I don't know. I don't okay. Know. Regardless, there was a really weird black and white giant canvas on the wall of these two conjoined newborn twins. Like you know the newborn photography where it's like they prop babies up. Yes. But they were conjoined because this whatever energy healer that I went to that my mom paid money for us to go to claimed he like helped them survive their surgery by doing energy work. Are they on. Abby and Brittany
1: from it. the TLC show, Abby and Brittany? <gasps> I don't know. They're Maybe. famously conjoined twins, but actually I don't think they could be separate. Was it by
0: the head? Cause the photo was specifically them. Like no,
1: by the temple shoulder. to temple.
0: Oh, it's not them. What an interesting different, different.
2: choice for a piece of art yeah. in like an office like that
0: yeah it was really a statement piece um but the whole point of all this is my mom was always very open to things and like i watched oprah from a way too young of an age like i was like seven years old i'd come home from school i'd crack a diet coke open like i was going through something and i'd lean back (laughs) in the chair and i would just like be like let's turn on oprah mom and we would just watch oprah until i had to do my homework so she was always looking for an answer of some sort and then it wasn't until high school when I was I was like a super sincere theater kid, so I was performing a lot, and I got cast in a gender blend Judas Iscariot in Godspell. The text of that that musical is like truly a is the New Testament, and I had never really read it before, so I was like, I don't know what's being said. I remember singing a line, and I thought it was Job, but it was or I said Job, and he, my director oh was Job," you know, <laughs> like I had no idea. So I was Amateur. like, "Okay." <laughs> Yeah, truly amateur hour. I was like, I must take this more seriously. This is my role. Like, what am I doing? I'm a sophomore and I got a lead. I have to take this so so seriously. So there were two things happening at once. There was a boy at school that was cute who went to this mega church nearby. And also I thought church was like school. So I was like, well, I'll just go one time and I'll learn all the facts I need to know. And then I'm good. And then I didn't realize that if you're 15 and you go to a mega church and you have an anxiety disorder that you don't know about. And they're like, we have all the answers and everything's okay. And this is how you feel at peace. I was truly like, what the, why didn't no one tell me that there was just like this easy answer. So simple, like, perfect. Let me join. So that's when I joined my older sister is I'm one of six. And my oldest half sister is like pretty religious too. And I always looked up to her. So I was like, okay, this is not a bad choice. Even though my dad thinks it is, um, And I just kind of like was a cool Christian for a while. Like it started with like, yeah, I'd go to youth group and I sang in the worship band and all the Hillsong songs, of course, (laughs) Um, you know, like did all the like, went on the weekend trips and all these things. And then by the time I got to college, like, but in high school, I was still drinking. Like I wasn't a virgin. Like I, I was the girl who'd get drunk at a party and be like, you know, Jesus is a pretty cool guy. (laughs) Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like, I was like, you guys need to be less sinful it was like i was like whoa, you were whoa, like the
1: god. people that you know would actually potentially get converts like you you were like yeah. unintentionally i, I, I great. like
0: reached people because yeah. i was like fun but also like my whole the whole messaging i took away was like god loves you no matter what end of story like no weird tiny legal print at the bottom of like unless you're gay or unless you are a woman and have sex like none of that stuff and then i got to college and you know it was a very i went to unc chapel hill huge school i went from out of state i did not know a single i knew one person actually who was in my class and i felt super lost and very like disconnected and was just not sure where to start and the churches were very welcoming and the church groups on campus were very welcoming and i was like great well i already like the stuff these people seem cool it's a place to go and not feel so alone and then that's when they like put their tentacles in you and just like <laughs> trap you down uh, and that's when the, the cult team- Christianity side of my life took over what sect of Christianity was that at school uh it was non-denominational which basically just means Baptist so evangelical but they pitch it to you as like we're the open ones we don't identify with any denomination so like in my head I was like I think that's kind of like Unitarian right no 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 no. these are (laughs) tongue-speaking Baptists evangelical people
1: were there (laughs) options at school and you like consciously went with the evangelicals yeah okay
0: i tried yeah i tried a few of them and to be fair the mega church that i went to in high school which had like this i mean like it was a righteous gemstones mega church like huge 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 millions of dollars every year they had a noah's Arcade, which was shaped like noah's ark and it was all games (laughs) what kind of games are like allowed by the church I guess like jesus pinball i never really played because i was like in <laughs> high school but like they had air hockey tables and they had it was supposed to be like the cool place you'd want to hang so oh your kids God. would want to go to church there was like a slide and it would snow during december which was just like soap falling from the sky stuff like that um so they were also <laughs> we're, not we're both in show. shop
2: we're just like sitting here all.
0: <laughs> there was also a massive gift shop i'm not making that up like unironically a a huge I think it had two fours, I want to say. Like massive gift shop. They sold books, Bibles, bookmarks, t-shirts, sweatshirts, magnets, stickers for your car, like anything you could put a brand on. They're trying to make money, honey.
2: I will say, Uh when you first mentioned that, I was like, well, most synagogues, including mine growing up, have a Judaica shop, which is like where you get merch. And I was like, it was actually- I did not have that. You didn't? No,
0: I've never Maybe we just it. went to some weird capitalist place. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Just- well,
2: ours was literally just like one corner of a room. Like it wasn't that legit. Actually, but it was
1: I think we had like one case where like you could you buy like, jewelry a- or like a tallis or like a
2: keeper or like dreidels. And I th- I loved it because I was like, I wonder, like it was a challenge to me to see if I could find anything cute. but it wasn't like temple high, like branded sweatshirts or anything like that. That's like
0: next level. This was Christ fellowship. Like love lives here. Yeah. Like had the slogan, had the, had everything.
2: How did you justify to yourself the anti-gay marriage, anti-homosexuality, abortion, no sex before marriage stuff? Cause I feel like when you're a teenager, you're in college, like it's kind of yeah. uncool to or not Or did you not produced. even like
0: realize
1: that was part of it at that
2: point? So that's point. the
0: thing yeah. that non-denominational is so sneaky about, where I think that's why they call themselves non-denominational and not Baptist, because Baptists are very upfront. You walk in the door at a Baptist church, they're like, here are the people we hate, here are the people we believe in, like that kind of stuff. Non-denominational people, their messages are very open. So it's like, you know, God loves you. Like it's all appealing to your emotion to try and get people to come down the end of the altar at the end of the service and like get saved or get baptized
2: and donate money
0: yeah and donate money but they (laughs) never say like so by the way we don't believe in gay marriage they just don't acknowledge it so you assume like i i did a project my junior year of high school when i was already like the cool christian in my cool christian phase at least i'll call it where i did like we were doing satires and i made a video that was a parody of sesame street called conservative street and i was mocking people who were afraid of gay people so like i was very i would not have gone to a church that was anti-lgbt i did go to a church that was anti-lgbt i just did not know because they didn't talk about it you know what i mean like, right they just avoided that conveniently until like you would hear from a congregant years later who was like, yeah, I tried to get married there and they said no. And you'd be like, wait, what? Pastor Todd did what? (laughs) So
2: they know it's wrong to be against all these things. They're just like trying to brush it under the rug, which is even worse, I think, than openly being hateful.
0: Yeah, I honestly, like, I think at least when they're open about it, it's like, okay, well, I know what you stand for, but I can't imagine the pain of being a congregant there Being like, this place loves me. This is my home. This is my family. I hope they marry me and my wife. And then they're like, "Mm, not you. (laughs) You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's rough. Heartbreaking.
0: But it also, I think the Trump presidency has really changed a lot of stuff in the church. At least, like, that's like when I really was like, I'm fucking done. I'm not ascribing to any of this because my church that I went to in high school, that giant mega church, never talked about politics, one time. Like, never brought up Obama when he was being elected, never brought up, up, like, local government, anything like that. And then last Easter, they had Trump do the ceremony. At that church I went to growing up, they had Trump do the Easter ceremony and, like, come up. Oh, no. And I was like, wait, what? Like, how did it go from no mention of politics whatsoever? It was truly just like, we need to raise money for wells in Haiti or, like, we need to love on the the unwed mothers and widows and stuff like that and then all of a sudden it was like trump for 2022 and you're just like what the fuck is going on here
2: did you vote for yeah. trump no okay god no no
0: no no i've always been like i was always a liberal and that when my part of my like deconversion process really started when my brother came out seeing how other people were like are you okay i was like wait what like I felt like the Mr. Krabs meme where it was like your whole <laughs> world is shaking because I was like are we not all on the same page here like what is happening so then I had this spiral where I was like is it wrong like should I be worried and then I was like no that is so so dumb I was one of those even when I was like deep in this evangelical Christianity I was the girl getting in fights with people in like Bible study because I was trying so desperately to read feminism into the Bible. Like it was like a very sad, desperate effort because it's not there. <laughs> no, plain and simple. spoiler alert. But I was like, I'm an, I'm an English major. I can like read this and show them the truth that like God thinks women are as good as men and you don't have to submit to your husband. Like I had all these books on Paul and feminism and Jesus and Mary and like I would like go so hard in these. Bible studies I led to be like, and God is a feminist. And everyone would be like, I don't think that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I kind of always, I I wouldn't, I've never identified as a Republican, never, 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 never would vote for Trump. I'm Puerto Rican and and he. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Like
0: he did not do good things for our people. Sure
1: didn't.
0: No. So whenever he was running and I saw these churches suddenly get political, who had never mentioned politics before. And it was very clearly like a weird white supremacy thing. I was like, oh, cool. Now I feel even better about being really out of these churches. Like I'm not ascribing to this at all.
1: When you were joining in college, like who were the people that you connected with the most that were also in the church? And like, are they still people you talk to today? Are
0: they okay? (laughs) Yeah. I I do still have um, a few friends who like remained friends and I'm, really grateful for that because it's like a lot of people, when you start deconverting and start asking questions, just kind of gave up on me, which was like another painful part of the decon... Like I was already... It's a weird grief that I haven't really dug into, to be honest, because I avoid thinking about this, but... Like, you're going through the grief of, like, evangelicalism, you do everything for God. Like, when I was making breakfast, I was thinking about God. When I was going to sleep, I was like, this is for God. Like, there's this weird thing where it's like, even if you're not thinking about it, everything you do is to honor God and to worship God and to love God. That's
2: exhausting.
0: And it's exhausting, truly. But I was, like, going through the grief process of, like, okay, this, I don't know if it's a father figure or whatever, like, however I viewed God as, like, this constant omnipresent person figure in my life, whatever. I was losing that, which felt like someone had died. Like I no longer was talking to someone in my head all day, which I know sounds crazy, but that's what prayer is. I was crazy for a few years. (laughs)
2: Well, we all talk to ourselves all day anyway, so don't feel that that bad about it.
0: It was just like, you know, an external thing. Um, (laughs) But then like I had all these people, I wouldn't say it was as dramatic as turn their back on me, but my fiance, we like stayed together even though i was deconverting and he was still in the church because he was like i still love you you know all that stuff didn't work out (laughs) um, (laughs) he he was getting advice from both of our mentors from the church, from our college group that we were both in, which is where we met, like the the worship leaders we worked under, to break up with me because I was gonna like poison him basically. That if I was asking all these questions and I was deconverting and I was out, I would only drag him down. And so he like, for a month, was not sure if he was gonna call off the engagement, Again, spoiler alert, we still did, <laughs> but we didn't for those reasons and for like those people who went from being people I thought were like close friends and mentors to being like, ooh, she's a problem. So what was like the
1: trajectory of you meeting this guy and then becoming engaged? Like, did you know immediately
0: like we have to get engaged if we want to do anything. Or... Any hand stuff. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we were so I was on the worship team because I grew up singing. And Wait, what is the worship guitar. team? Oh yeah, sorry. It's um <laughs> like the people who lead the music, like okay. the cool electric guitar, acoustic guitar, piano sex, where we cover Hillsong songs every day.
1: <laughs> you know I'm gonna make you close out with oceans, by the way. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oceans, please, please we were on that team together and it's weird when you're dating within that community because every man you meet like if you're considering dating them you're not considering dating you're considering marriage like every person you you can go on a date but if you don't you have to be like do i see myself with him long term because there's no point in like a casual dating because you can't do anything but make out you know what I mean? So it was a, a lot, lot of pressure. pressure. Yeah. yeah. And he's really wonderful. We're, we're like still on good terms today. Um, he ended up deconverting at, at the end of it all. talked to oh, him. Oh, wow. Muzzle talk to him. Um, <laughs> so we were on the team together and like we would do spontaneous worship. Have you heard of that phrase? No, no. So we would like sing a song that was planned with lyrics that we would cover from another group like Hillsong or um, Chris Tomlin or something like that. And then we would continue like riffing on the beat, and then I would like make up lyrics. So improv, musical improv. improv. I just didn't realize that I loved musical improv, and just uh, were you speaking in tongues or
2: in English? I
0: was not. I was I was speaking in English. Okay, Um, because speaking in tongues. But some people do it in tongues. Oh
2: god, I feel like speaking in tongues is sort of like improv too.
0: It is. It's just a lot of weird noises. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like nobody, nobody's saying words. I've, I feel
1: like I can only picture it as parcel tongue. I don't know if you guys are Harry Potter fans,
0: <laughs> but like... Yes.
1: Whatever. It's not
0: as like snaky sounding in my experience, but it was a lot of like, I, I like can't even imitate it because every person did it differently, but it was like, da 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 da. it was more like in <laughs> Wicked, like, canon, yeah, that's, what mute, I was da, <laughs> that's exactly what it felt like. There was always tears at church, always. Like, what are the tears about? It's you're so moved in the pres- the like, I'm using quotes for those of you at home. Um, it's like <laughs> the presence of God and the Holy Spirit is moving you because you're in the glory of god and you're feeling the like love of god and you're just so moved by it you can't help but cry is the thought so
2: the goal is to get to crying right
0: basically yeah like in a way like there's it's pretty emotionally manipulative i realize now i didn't at the time like when i was 15 and they were doing it i was like this is so moving but now i'm like oh they're playing minor chords on the piano and like very slowly and the lights are dim and the pastor is telling you that you're forgiven for everything terrible you've ever done and you're not a bad person and God loves you. And it's like, I don't know, it's like therapy on mm-hmm. steroids by a bad therapist. you know. <laughs> and then everyone's emotional, of course, because it's like, yeah, I do have these issues and I am ashamed of myself because I'm a human being and who doesn't feel those things from time to time. But going back
2: to your boyfriend or your fiance like that probably really like escalates their relationship and you move at a lot quicker pace because Very you're fast, going through yeah. all the super intense stuff and like day one you're talking about like do you believe in god and like what are your thoughts on all of these like super intense things
0: fully 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 exactly like we had a really long letter writing period um where it was like that was only how we communicated during the summer because we met when i was at the end of my freshman year and he was a junior i think no yeah he was junior and that whole summer we were like well there's also this weird thing in christian dating there's a triangle i don't know if you've heard of that concept where it's like jesus at the top of the triangle and then you tour at the bottom and the only way you should really connect is through jesus so like he's got to be at the top and the center and if you end up i can't tell you how many christian girls i know who did the same thing i did which is if you end up liking your boyfriend too much you have to break it off because you're idolizing him over god
2: oh my so you god ha-
0: you cannot be too into your boyfriend or your boyfriend can't be too into you because then you're sinning because you don't love god the most so we had to break it off <laughs> at a certain point point. We and you both were love. okay with it you both were just like yeah this is correct it was the most dramatic unnecessary like i would cry in my dorm room every night being like i miss him and he would do the same thing we'd be like but we know this is what god wants and then like a month later we were like okay god said we can get back together again this <laughs> is good <laughs> You know, like, we were like, we, we dealt with our issues. No more idolizing. <laughs> Who was your roommate?
1: And was your roommate at the time religious as well?
0: No. And she is like, I don't tend to get emotional about Christianity stuff anymore. But I do get emotional when I think about this, where it's like, she stayed my friend throughout. Like she, we met freshman year, I when I was like, not a weirdo Christian. And then she watched me slowly, like, truly get sucked into this cult like she watched me go from going to parties with her to being like i can't i like have fun i'm thinking about you and like she didn't believe she she is a christian herself and was never like a culty christian and she would come to my culty performances watch me sing, clap for me and then leave like that's how supportive she was she would come watch me sing insane things (laughs) and then Later texted me like, you sounded beautiful. Like she was just very, very there for me and didn't give up on me. Even though I, I certainly have someone in my life that I just met. Went into a cult, I don't think I'd be like, yeah, let me try and spend time with her. I'd probably be like, this is wild. What is going on? Especially at 18, 19. That's amazing. But a we're good still friend. best friends.
2: That's amazing.
0: She's still one of the best people ever. But my roommate was like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> I, mean,
2: I feel like it's like when your friends start dating a guy who you don't like or a girl and you're trying to be like supportive and you're like, I feel like I shouldn't say anything, but like maybe yes. like things will like fade out, except you are dating Jesus.
0: Yes, basically. But at a certain point, it's
2: too
1: late. You can't say anything. Uh,
0: Exactly. And yet she's still stuck by me, which is, you know, she was like, congrats on the engagement. She wasn't like, you're 22. What are you doing?
1: Right. So at what point did, well, like, obviously you got into this culty Christianity kind of by yourself and on your own merit. How did your mom kind of find that level yeah. of Christianity.
0: Yeah. So when I started going in high school, she started joining me at that mega church. When I went into college, like she stayed at the mega church and just it's kind of like the deeper you choose to go, even in at a church that like you know, I didn't know about like it's stance on LGBT stuff. The further in you go, the more Bible studies you attend, the deeper you go in the church, the more you can find the like rotting, decrepit, messed up stuff. And the more intense people, quite frankly. And so she just kept getting deeper and deeper and at that church. And then it became not, extreme enough for her so then she switched to a different church and you know just like kept finding more intense people and more intense christians Um, so she is still very much in the the christian bandwagon to i would say an extreme (laughs) level
1: um do you know if she was in any cults like prior to you being born like any of like what was her she said
0: later like later in my life she told me that when she was 18 or 19 she went to a Baptist church that was like a heavy revitalization, Mm -hmm. come down to the end of the the pew and we'll lay hands on you and and save you in the moment kind of thing. She said she did that once when she was like 19. um, And it was like a pretty, it ended up being pretty bad because my mom is really beautiful. And like one of the, I don't know if it was a pastor or somebody at the church started like desiring her. And so his wife was like, you're not allowed to come anymore cuz so you're church, too pretty cuz you're too pretty and it's like a, it's a trigger for That is so dumb, fucked up. single cell brained men. Um,
2: <laughs> women are always the problem.
0: I know, right? So she said she dropped Christianity then after being very briefly saved and going to church for like two weeks or whatever. And then just like, didn't go back to specifically Christianity until I was in, in high school, which my brother loves to be like, this is your fault. Oh. And like, I was casting God's spell. That is not my fault. That is God's spell's fault. <laughs> it was his plan
1: for the time being.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so where are all of your siblings at on the religious spectrum?
0: I would say my two older half sisters would both identify as Christian would say my oldest half sister is like the most christian she goes to church every week she's got like a tattoo of a cross but she is very much a cool christian like very pro-lgbt pro-abortion like very liberal pro-abortion <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe pro-abortion is not the right phrase she is not anti-abortion at
1: least she's pro-choice pro-choice is
0: the term every baby, abort for. it
1: just get it on out
0: of there <laughs> team abort i think she goes like a Methodist church, which I feel oh, like that's pretty normal. cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, like they're like pretty casual. My other sister doesn't go to church but identifies as Christian. My brother, it, who is the one who came out when I was like, wait, what do you guys believe? He would identify as an atheist too. I think he's probably more atheist than I am. And then my youngest half brother is being raised in the, the Christian cult. <laughs> so oh, no. he is very, like, very, very Christian. He is a really talented baseball player and, like, prays before he pitches every time and, like, that kind of Tim Tebow stuff. How old is he? Fifteen. Do you stay in contact with him? Yeah, we... I mean there's such an age gap between us since I am elderly. Um, but <laughs> like I, we, we talk, but it's, I only ever see him around my mom and stepdad. Yeah. My stepdad is a Messianic Jew, if you know what that is. Uh, wait,
2: I actually don't. Can you explain what that means?
0: Yeah. 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 So he was Jewish, like born and raised in Brooklyn. He has a Jewish name. He is bar mitzvah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, bar mitzvah and all that jazz. He married my mom. They had the Oh, God. What is it called when you break the glass? Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, The hoppa goes over you, but you do yeah, break the, the glass. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then he broke the glass. So, like, was Jewish when we first met him and he joined the family. And then when my mom got really into the church, slowly converted him. So now he is what you call a Messianic Jew, which is he's a Jew who believes in the Messiah being Jesus. So he's, oh, Jews so he's a Jew for Jesus. Christian. He's a Jew for Jesus. Yeah.
2: I never really knew what that was. I'm
1: glad you clarified. Yeah. <laughs> Th- those are the scariest types of human beings in my opinion yeah because i no mean sense. of course i'm sure he's a lovely human being i just in in terms of the belief scale it's like simply how could you believe that i like any of yeah, it yeah after everything you the things you'll do
0: for love man yeah
2: the things you'll do to fit in
0: the thing i think that's fully it like he was surrounded by all these people yeah i, I really just think it has to do with belonging at the end of the day. That's why I join. That's why I think so many people join. They come to you when you feel alone and like you don't belong. And they're like, you belong here. Just change everything about you. (laughs) But they make it sound like a nice thing and not like abusive is the word I would use.
2: Without getting into too much detail, what is your relationship with your parents like now?
0: Yeah, I talk um, pretty frequently to both. My parents are divorced. They've Mm -hmm. been divorced for a long time. I talk pretty frequently to them. We do holidays. I do not go to church anymore for any holidays. Um, that is a stance I have taken. I will stand by. I have been to plenty of religious services in my day. I don't need another one. And most of my family, other than my mom's side of the family, has non-religious holidays anyway. Like where even our Christmas or like we do an Easter brunch, but we're not talking about like, yeah, Jesus came out of the tomb kind of thing.
2: And so to clarify, your dad is not religious at
0: all. No, not religious at all he's one of those like ancient aliens history channel guys oh so is my dad yeah so he is a big like well you know god's an alien right (laughs) (laughs) that happens i mean truly every time we talk he's just like well you come on you know god was on a ufo because he was an alien i'm like This is somehow worse than the cult. I would actually rather (laughs) be. That's actually called
1: Scientology. (laughs) (laughs) Your dad is a Scientologist. Someone help him.
0: (laughs) He's like, you laugh at me, but you'll see. I'm like, what what are you threatening? Like an alien invasion? And he's (laughs) like, that's "That's that's more believable than like the cult. Sort of makes sense. I was just gonna say, I was obsessed with Jewish people because I went to a school of full, full of Jews. So I was like, man, I really wish I was Jewish. I had my um, quinceanera at 13 because it was supposed to be at 15, but I was so jealous of all my Jewish friends having these giant cool parties with themes that I was like, well, I'm having my party. What did you wear and what was your theme? It didn't have a theme. It was just like brown and pink, which like brown hunter. <laughs> that, that was, was a big a color, color
2: combo. During
1: I actually, yeah. I wore a brown and pink like suit for my service Portion, Amazing. like the night before so yeah it I, was a I thing think i
0: wore a betsy johnson dress which was brown with a pink bow which is why i was like my invitations have to be brown and pink my balloons have to be brown and pink <laughs> so,
1: it, was it was a, a thing. thing it was definitely a thing in like okay, 2004 I
2: 2005 that. my ba- I had, like, the colors books. were brown and like lilac so
0: okay well worse. maybe i wasn't alone in the brown you um are. i had the stick straightest hair because i was so embarrassed of having girls that i like Dried my hair and then just like (laughs) greased it down to be straight. And, uh, but I really remember loving like everyone else was like, I don't want to go to temple. Like, I don't want to go to the things. I just want to go to the party. And I loved temple because I would like sing under my breath and (laughs) and hope people would be like, Wow, you're a really good singer. I'd be like, Oh, oh, this. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs)
1: like i was really just fully trying to go for it i had the same experience growing (laughs) up like i was always like maybe someone will like stop me in temple and be like you you have a beautiful voice when like i fully fucking didn't like at least you do have a nice
0: voice okay the most unhinged part of it is like i was trying to make a very special religious milestone ceremony in your culture about me. Like what was that and in the audience being like, and someone will notice my singing now in three, two, one. Mm-hmm, you notice here. Like truly just such a nightmare made the whole thing about me, but I loved it. it
2: was Don't that. feel bad. I feel like most girls, and guys on their bar and bat mitzvahs are trying to make it about them anyway.
0: Yeah. So oh, Well, that's fair. I just, <laughs> yeah. they didn't expect a Latina girl in the audience <laughs> to be trying to steal their thunder during their ceremony they worked hard for. Oh. Oh, I also had this one practice religiously for the grind trains at bar and bat mitzvahs. Oh, I don't know oh my gosh. Is. I had these giant mirrors in my middle school room, and I would be like, you know, like, so I would, like, pretend practice. grinding for
2: us for those of you who can't I see.
0: Practice the like bouncing and like the hands on the knees, you know, where it was like fully a cat vomiting kind of look. And Tina Belcher, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I fully Tina Belchered and I thought it was so seductive. I was like, all these boys. Would you like put on a
1: specific outfit to like practice your dancing? Because I would.
0: I can't say I went that far, JC. <laughs> But I love the commitment to the grind. What was the I outfit? outfit on these? I would... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you okay. need to know. It was, it was one of two outfits. It was either my hardtail fold over pants.
2: Yes. Because like I don't have, have, have a butt
1: at all, and like at the okay. time I remember thinking like these are the only pants that make me look like I kind of have a butt. Uh huh. Or I would get this one pair of Sophie shorts that was like slightly too big on me and roll them like pretty much yes, as far as the they could go. Yes. So that my butt is like hanging out of the end.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. I was really into Sophie shorts, but I, Puerto Rican dads, very machismo. Like there was a lot of like controlling of sexuality, even pre-church. And I had these one pair of Sophie shorts when I was like at my chubbiest, least attractive self, would wear shorts over the bathing suit kind of lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they said, da bomb on the back. <laughs> And I remember my dad being like, You can't wear those. They're gonna, people are gonna be looking at your butt. And now I'm like, Truly not a soul would have been looking at my butt back then. Not
2: for the reasons he would be worried about, at least.
0: Yeah. They would just be like, What does that say? Why does it say da bomb? (laughs) But it is chaotic
1: that the style is very much like, bedazzled ass yeah. words like yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was a whole section of Bloomingdale's that was like bedazzled ass words
1: <laughs> i remember this girl that i went to high school with always wore these bb pants and there were jeans and they said bb on the ass and the teacher oh, wow. would have, like always make comments about them B. and i think he did get wind up getting fired way after i graduated from high school oh the the, the, the school was very team bb team and they like um, you cannot <laughs> But, I mean, I assume he was doing creepy things to other people. But, yeah, like, oh, those God. pants were, I don't know why parents let any child wear those, to be quite frank.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I begged enough times. I was like, no, me oh, too. I oh, well, I mean, I like- Christmas is the juicy sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> Our cheer uniforms,
1: we always, like, for practices, we had practice uniforms, and we had to wear Sophie shorts that said, like, no such thing as too intense. I was like, "That's a lot of words Wait, to be honest." Yeah, That's you too think many words. So, is that a novel? Like, you need like, to be like, "Oh my cavity" to read that. To yeah.
2: Well, and when you fold them over so many times, the words yeah. are you completely
1: just get too intense. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: What did you wear in college when you were super religious? Like, did you dress more modestly? Modestly? Yeah, I'm still.
0: Yeah. I won't even lie. At like four years out, four years out, five years out, something like that. Of being Christian like I I have to like put on it I'm wearing a tank top right now and I have to be like it's okay like I have mm-hmm. to be like that's fine that you're showing skin not because anyone was like you can't show sin but it was like implied you know if you yeah. show up like you were talking about earlier just with belonging if you show up to a group and every girl is wearing a giant frat t-shirt and Nike shorts and their hair is down and not done and they're not wearing makeup And you show up like in what makes you feel cute, you stand out in a bad way. Right. And I like, I have boobs and I was very self conscious of having boobs because it's like, I don't want to be a temptation. Like, I don't want to be out here, people thinking I'm like trying to get attention or whatever. So, and this is for my husband, this is for my boyfriend (laughs) that it will be my husband kind of thing. So, I wore like the baggiest clothes for years. Like, I, I truly, it took until the past two years. To figure out, like, okay, I'm actually this size. Like, I had to get my bra resized, and they're like, "That is not what size you are, honey. Why are you still in that?" <laughs> a
2: lot zone? of women do wear the wrong bra size. I just want to PSA for everyone listening:
1: Please get checked.
0: Everyone listening, go get checked. Go to Nordstrom. It's easy. It's free, and there's
1: nothing tested. I hate more than getting checked for a bra size.
0: Really? I don't mind it. To Ugh, I, I, yeah, no, I feel a sense like of it.
2: camaraderie and like womanship.
0: Me too, and they're like, sorry if my hand's cold. And you're like, that's okay, <laughs> yeah, Deborah, this is, you, know, I, you have permission. You have the permission to lift. And, I and think space. I just
1: don't like when they tell me it's like way bigger than I thought it was. And then I'm like, fuck you. That just, I <laughs> wish every I had the a problem. World
0: is, every other woman in the world is like, please tell me they're bigger. And you're just like, I don't want to hear it. Well,
1: because when I go get fitted, I'm like teetering on above double D territory. And I'm like, yeah. No, I'm like, I'm just going to buy my D's and like, leave me alone. Just ignore it all. <laughs> I'm in
2: denial. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. What was it like when you left and you realized like, okay, I no longer identify with this group. What is my identity now?
0: No, it was a complete free fall nightmare for a long time. Like it was, it was a lot to deal with just losing that God figure and the sense of, like, I truly lost almost overnight my belief that things would be okay because it was so tied to, Mm -hmm. oh, there is a God and therefore he has a plan and therefore I will be okay. Like, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it was like, oh, you have no promises. It might not be okay. Nobody's looking out for you but yourself. Like, it, it was like a very intense shift for that, plus then dealing with the lack of community where it was like all the people I would have turned to. I mean, I have to clarify, like, a few of my Christian friends are still my friends now, but the majority of the people kind of fell away naturally because when I'd ask questions, they'd be like, well, you know, God has ways that are higher than our ways. And I'd be like, that's not a good enough answer for me about why people are dying constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really destabilizing. I had really intense anxiety, um, didn't sleep well for a long time, was not sure who I was. Thankfully, around the same time, started getting into comedy which is where I think I should have always been like I should have I always wanted to be performing which is I think part of the reason I went and I know Kevin talked about that in his episode but like part of the reason why I went to the church is because I could perform so much and there was a stage and like I could sing and all these things but I really found myself around non-judgmental funny people who were not like Whoa! You were a weirdo Christian. Like they were also were not like. So how do you identify and like what are your deepest beliefs about the Lord? So it was, like really freeing to just show up in a room and be like, okay, clowns get in your car today or like whatever dumb <laughs> scene we did. Like I just got to be whatever I I needed to be that day on that stage and that was enough. Like that really helped me not to make improv sound like it's this really deep thing, but it really helped me like take things day by day rather than um being like cool so i everything i based my life above everything i based my identity on the past four years is shattered i don't have any of that left who am i at the end of this like it was a very healing place and judgment-free zone to figure that out
1: Were you in North Carolina when you started improv or back in Florida? I did
0: a little bit of improv in North Carolina, but it was in Atlanta, which was where I went from UNC, I moved to Atlanta, and then I was back home for pandemic. And then you decided,
2: you got into writing and you're like, okay, this is the career I want. This is like, these are my people. This is my path.
0: Yeah, I... I always, I was like one of those kids who knew I was going to be a writer, but I thought I'd be a novelist. I didn't realize people wrote TV. So I was just like, cool. I love performing. I love making people laugh, but that's separate from this like deep writing. I found the other day when I was home and cleaning out my closet, I found the first novel I wrote. Let me tell you, opening line was Charlie was not like other girls. So oh, really talented from an early age, <laughs> had a big career ahead of me. But I like I I was always a big reader. So I was like, cool, I'll be that kind of writer. And then, you know, post-church, I was like, oh, I realized I missed deeply. I did this one sketch show at school and I was like, oh, this is what I missed. Like that I gave up in the church because I felt like I couldn't curse or I felt like I couldn't be these full like these characters are my full self so that's when i realized like comedy writing was specifically what i wanted to do
1: and in the long run you know all those experiences certainly make you much more <laughs> much funny <terrible. laughs> yeah. much more <Yeah.
0: laughs> <laughs> some people really can get it and are like whoa i'm fascinated i have so many questions about your past life in a cult and then other people are like oh so you were dumb for <laughs> time. like they didn't say that but like the implication is like you poor little pitiable Southerner. And I'm not <laughs> glad to get it, but. I
1: think everyone's impressionable. It just depends what situations you are in
0: are in totally i'm tell i i think if most people at 15 exactly. had gone to that yeah. by themselves like i went to summer camp and it's a fucking cult entaken. like
1: i went to you know <laughs> i was in girl scouts that's a fucking cult like we've all I mean, yeah. you were just actually in an actual cult <laughs> the way i see it hunter is like you
2: having the wherewithal to get out of it and like thrive after is a testament to how smart you are like not everyone thank you Gets there.
0: Gets out. Yeah. yeah. Did help that my brain, you know, your brain doesn't form till you're 25. So once that <laughs> was formed, I was like, what am I doing? Yeah, I do think people are really impressionable. And honestly, I'm, I've am i kind of always been someone who's hit milestones early. Number one, got my period at nine years old. That should be a hate crime. Illegal. Oh, my goodness. So terrible. But like that is like a perfect example of my life. I started partying at 12, like way too yeah. young. Yeah. And then I hit my uber weirdly religious phase later than everyone. So, like, I always kind of had to be on the different path. Than You're not people, like other girls. Not like other girls, uh, as my novel once said. (laughs) Yeah, I think it just, now I'm so hesitant to put my identity in anything other than me, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, sure, I'm a comedy writer, but I'm not like, that is the most foundational thing about me, like, that doesn't exist for me anymore because I am aware, I was made crazily aware of how malleable identity can be and how much you change. So now I'm like more flexible, like, yeah, this thing I thought was true, I guess it's not, I will survive.
2: I love that perspective. That was beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing all this with
0: us. This was so
1: fucking wonderful.
0: (laughs) Thank you guys.
2: Yeah, I don't get to talk about it often. So this was nice. Will you take us out on a song? A hill song?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let me think of how the song starts. I know, I can't wait to help you. (laughs) Just do the chorus, I need a refresher.
0: (laughs) so i will call upon your name hands up everybody and keep my eyes above the waves when Mm -hmm. oceans rise in your embrace that's so good i am yours and you are
2: Thanks for joining us, Hunter. You can follow her on Instagram at Hunter Toro. If you're a fan of the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your pods. And don't forget to rate and review and share us. If you want to support our show financially, check out our anchor page and follow us on Insta at PrayForUsPod. Shabbat shalom.
1: This podcast has been mastered and mixed by the one and only Josh Fisher.
2: Yay, Josh. We love you, Josh.